Section five of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter eleven London, july twentieth, old style, seventeen forty seven. Dear boy, in your mamma's letter, which goes here enclosed, you will find one from my sister, to thank you for the arquebusade water which you sent her, and which she takes very kindly. She would not show me her letter to you, but told me that it contained good wishes and good advice, and, as I know she will show your letter in answer to hers, I send you here enclosed the draft of the letter which I would have you write to her. I hope you will not be offended at my offering you my assistance upon this occasion, because, I presume, that as yet you are not much used to write to ladies. Apropos of letter-writing, the best models that you can form yourself upon are Cicero, Cardinal d'Assat, Madame Savigne, and Comte Bussy Rebutin. Cicero's epistles to Atticus, and to his familiar friends, are the best examples that you can imitate, in the friendly and in the familiar style. The simplicity and the clearness of Cardinal d'Assat's letters show how letters of business ought to be written. No affected turns, no attempts at wit, obscure or perplex his matter, which is always plainly and clearly stated, as business always should be. For gay and amusing letters, for enjoyment and badinage, there are none that equal Comte Bussy's and Madame Savigny's. They are so natural that they seem to be the extempore conversations of two people of wit, rather than letters which are commonly studied, though they ought not to be so. I would advise you to let that book be one in your itinerant library. It will both amuse and inform you. I have not time to add any more now, so good night. Letter 12. London, July 30th, Old Style, 1747. Dear boy, it is now four posts since I have received any letter, either from you or from Mr. Hart. I impute this to the rapidity of your travels through Switzerland, which I suppose are by this time finished. You will have found by my late letters, both to you and Mr. Hart, that you are to be at Leipzig by next Michaelmas, where you will be lodged in the house of Professor Moscow, and boarded in the neighborhood of it, with some young men of fashion. The professor will read you letters upon Grotius de Jure Belli et Passis, the Institutes of Justinian, and the Jus Publicum Imperii, which I expect that you shall not only hear, but attend to, and retain. I also expect that you make yourself perfectly master of the German language, which you may very soon do there, if you please. I give you fair warning, that at Leipzig I shall have an hundred invisible spies about you, and shall be exactly informed of everything that you do, and of almost everything that you say. I hope that, in consequence of those minute informations, I may be able to say of you, what Velius Paterculus says of Scipio, that in his whole life, nihil non laudanum ac dixit, ac fecit, ac sensit. There is a great deal of good company in Leipzig, which I would have you frequent in the evenings, when the studies of the day are over. There is likewise a kind of court kept there, by a duchess dowager of Courland, at which you should get introduced. The king of Poland and his court go likewise to the fair at Leipzig twice a year, and I shall write to Sir Charles Williams, the king's minister there, to have you presented, and introduced into good company. But I must remind you at the same time, that it will be to a very little purpose for you to frequent good company, if you do not conform to and learn their manners, if you are not attentive to please and well-bred, with the easiness of a man of fashion. As you must attend to your manners, so you must not neglect your person, but take care to be very clean, well-dressed, and genteel. 
to have no disagreeable attitudes, nor awkward tricks, which many people use themselves to, and then cannot leave them off. Do you take care to keep your teeth very clean, by washing them constantly every morning and after every meal? This is very necessary, both to preserve your teeth a great while, and to save you a great deal of pain. Mine have plagued me long, and are now falling out, merely from want of care when I was your age. Do you dress well, and not too well? Do you consider your air and manner of presenting yourself enough, and not too much? Neither negligent nor stiff? All these things deserve a great deal of care, a second-rate attention. They give an additional luster to real merit. My Lord Bacon says that a pleasing figure is a perpetual letter of recommendation. It is certainly an agreeable forerunner of merit, and smooths the way for it. Remember that I shall see you at Hanover next summer, and shall expect perfection, which if I do not meet with, or at least something very near it, you and I shall not be very well together. I shall dissect and analyze you with a microscope, so that I shall discover the least speck or blemish. This is fair warning, therefore take your measures accordingly. Yours. Letter 13. London, August 21st, Old Style, 1747. Dear boy, I reckon that this letter has but a bare chance of finding you at Lausanne, but I was resolved to risk it, as it is the last I shall write to you till you are settled at Leipzig. I sent you by the last post, under cover to Mr. Hart, a letter of recommendation to one of the first people at Munich, which you will take care to present to him in the politest manner. He will certainly have you presented to the electoral family, and I hope you will go through that ceremony with great respect, good breeding, and ease. As this is the first court that ever you will have been at, take care to inform yourself if there be any particular customs or forms to be observed, that you may not commit any mistake. At Vienna, men always make curtsies instead of bows, to the emperor. In France, nobody bows at all to the king, nor kisses his hand. But in Spain and England, bows are made, and hands are kissed. Thus every court has some peculiarity or other, of which those who go to them ought previously to inform themselves, to avoid blunders and awkwardnesses. I have not time to say any more now, than to wish you good journey to Leipzig, and great attention, both there and in going there. Adieu. End of section 5. Read by Professor Heather and by. For more free audiobooks, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.